Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Answer the Call. As you could already tell, the audio quality is like, uh, not quite up to par. But that's because I'm in the car driving home for Christmas to Corpus Christi, Texas with my dear twin sister, Kirsten Kemp. Say hi. That's me. Hello. Hello. The Kemp twins are here. So I'm excited for this round two of Kirsten coming on the show. And the um, Kemp cats. And the Kemp cats. We're hoping that Constantine and Alice are two precious cat fur babies who are in the back seat. Um, don't act up, but if you hear them meowing, you know, they're, they're saying hello. They're just saying hello. That's all there is. Um, so I'm really excited to bring this topic to you today because I know Kirsten has a lot of really helpful information to share on, based on her background of um, having pre- a very alternative lifestyle. Yeah, having a. <laughs> That's really t- hard to talk about during the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. I think that we just started to reflect on, you know, we're we're seeing family and all this stuff. And any time that that happens, you kind of start thinking of, well, how do I explain what I've been up to? And especially for you guys who are considering a career change or any kind of different life decision or um, you're considering making one or you have made one and you're thinking, wow, okay, um, how do I communicate this to people? Especially if you have a fear that they might not understand or accept your decision, this episode is definitely for you because Kirsten and I have both been in places when we're like, wow, um, this isn't as easy to explain as my past was whenever I could just say, oh, I'm a business student and people would be like, oh, great, cool. Or I graduated and now I am a tech consultant for a big consulting firm. Great. Good job, Kelsey. But once um, it, <laughs> my decision was I have left that job and started my own small business. Um, and Kirsten has her own story of pursuing ballet professionally and then starting her own business. We have found ourselves in many seasons where it was kind of a dodgy situation to explain our choices to a painful situation, Kirsten added. Um, yep, many ex- a Christmas party I have suffered through. Yeah, just with friends, family, uh, distant connections, or honestly, sometimes even friends I would consider close, not really understanding or accepting our decision. And so I know that this is probably a topic that's near and dear to many of y'all's hearts who, as you think about potential changes, pivots in your career or life that you want to make, I know for so many people I've talked to, there's this fear of What will people think? And maybe you're thinking of those scenarios in which you walk up to your Aunt Kathy and you're like, yeah, well, she asked how you're doing and you answer and like, oh, what if she judges that you um, did an industry pivot or you're going back to school or you're in a season where you're taking a break, a sabbatical and you're not working or anything like that. Anyway, I would like to turn this back over to Kirsten because um, she has a lot of wealth of knowledge to share on this topic. Can you first talk a little bit about the career decisions you made after college? Yes. And even I think this story kind of goes before college as well. I have been pursuing ballet professionally since I was a teenager. And even in high school, that was really hard to communicate. It was hard to feel like there was some sort of respect for that decision from other adults I would talk to, you know, 
people who were probably hoping that I would make some sort of choice that was more conventional. Um, And eventually, when I went to college and I was a ballet major in college, people didn't understand that. And so then I would end up talking more about my business minor than my ballet major. (laughs) Um, And after college, I did end up dancing professionally, which was a huge dream come true. But that also came with its social challenges. Um, Though I did feel as if I got more respect actually being a professional ballet dancer, um, there were many conversations in which people who just didn't have much exposure or awareness of the ballet industry would say some pretty hurtful or disrespectful things. There were also many times when I would be like I've been referencing at Christmas parties or gatherings with my family and there were many discouraging moments when I would be in a conversation with Kelsey and another family friend or adult and they would ask me what I did and I would say very proudly that I'm a professional ballet dancer and then they would just kind of lose the light in their eyes and be like oh nice and then instantly turn to Kelsey and ask Kelsey what do you do she would say that she's in technology consulting and instantly they would launch into a 15 minute conversation in which I was completely not invited Um, It was very hurtful sometimes to feel like I had worked so hard for this and I was so proud of myself for achieving this dream, yet it was very difficult to feel that same level of respect when I would talk to someone outside of the industry. So I definitely have some encouragement and advice to share. I do hope that it's very helpful for those of you who are either in a position where you are, you know, like Kelsey explained, contemplating a change or in a season of change. And I also forgot to mention that uh, the awkwardness definitely continued when I had stopped dancing professionally and then (laughs) I decided to create my own business that was also not something anyone else had seemed to have heard of before. No, uh, yeah, so that was awkward. I started a business as a mindset coach for ballet dancers, and I eventually found a way to communicate this in a way that related to people who might not understand what that is. Understandably, I get it. Um, and yeah, I have lots of stories, advice, and whatnot to share about that as well because that was certainly a tender time when I didn't even know how to communicate what I did, much less with confidence. And so it made situations where people just popped the simple question of, so what do you do? Um, It made those conversations really freaky. So (laughs) yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yes, absolutely. Because we we both were going through this really kind of... (sighs) painful time of starting our own businesses at the exact same time, moving to Austin to be together and all this and living in a new city and trying to, like, we didn't have all the details pinned down. I didn't have my message, my elevator pitch just like roll right off the tip of my tongue. And so we had a lot of experiences um, with these conversations, but in the end, I think, well, we should just get cursing like 
talking about your advice and how you learned to communicate with confidence and ease and like have, um, I don't know, handle these conversations delicately. So also you had boundaries and weren't going to let someone step over you in a conversation. Yeah. So the first place I want to start is in the realm of actually not really knowing what you're doing and figuring out how do I still have meaningful conversations with people that aren't totally embarrassing and demoralizing. That's a real challenge. So I want to start there. I really feel that. I struggled with that for a while because it even took me a long time to land on the term mindset coach for dancers. I I didn't even know what to call myself. I just kind of knew that I was doing this thing called coaching and I was also new to that realm. So I was kind of like figuring out how do I even talk about what that is? Like, what is that actually? (laughs) Uh, So that was really awkward and painful to talk about. So I'll start there. And I will say that what I learned was that I needed to have really good boundaries in those times uh, when I was meeting new people. Uh, And they would ask me, so what do you do? Uh, What I initially started doing is I would just like babble on trying to explain, hoping that enough words came out of my mouth and just at least a few of them would start to encapsulate the vision of what I do. And that was not a helpful approach. So Um, And, you know, some people, you might not uh, empathize with that. I'm kind of an oversharer sometimes, especially when I'm uncomfortable. So that's something I would notice. And I kind of started to have a bit more self-awareness. Like, well, maybe actually when I listen to other people explain what they do, especially people with jobs that maybe they're very niche, maybe they're in tech and I have no idea what their job actually is. And I would ask them, what do you do? And they would give me some explanation. I didn't understand any of it, but we still were able to have a good conversation. And just realizing that if I'm able to still talk to other people who are confident about what they do, but they don't even try to let lay people understand what they're doing because it's just not worth it. Maybe I can have that same approach. Maybe it's not worth it for everyone to understand what I do, to understand me, you know? So... I used that uh, uncomfort- uncomfortability as a reminder to grow in understanding how to launch conversations or cultivate conversations that were actually more about the other person. I learned how to ask better questions and how to get to know other people better instead of trying so hard to be understood. And that was actually nice. Uh, The other thing is I would um, start to maybe volunteer more information about just myself or other aspects of my life that still allowed me to connect with them and uh, it also prevented them from feeling like I was hiding something probably uh, because, you know, people can feel when you dodge the question. What do you do? I would maybe say something like, well, I'm starting my own business or my own coaching business. I work with ballet dancers. Um, And then I would end up talking more about my past or say, I'm starting this because I was a professional ballet dancer. And so I'm seeking to support other dancers through the hardships in this career. 
and they would understand that. So I think the moral of the story is when you're uncomfortable and you don't know how to explain what you do, be very simple in your explanations while also being honest and just find other meaningful things to talk about that don't seem avoidant of their question, but maybe still allow there to be a connection on something other than your career because there's certainly more to you than that. So that's where I'd start. Yeah, I think that's super great advice. Also, I mean, we both relate on this. um, I I don't want to just say like overshare because the heart behind why we're really open is that we really value having rich connections with people and I you and I are both willing to share something that is precious to us to open up a meaningful dialogue with others and so um because of that I just thought oh that can't be anything but a good thing you know I'm vulnerable like all this stuff and unfortunately well I I think in the end fortunately when I left my corporate job and started my own business and it was such in the infancy stage that it, it was I was still figuring out exactly what that was um, I ended up learning that that model of just sharing exactly where I'm at and how I'm feeling about it because <laughs> it was scary and I didn't often feel great honestly um, I felt sure that what I was doing was purposeful and on the right track but like follow where the peace goes doesn't always apply when you're jumping out on a limb to follow your calling and all this. But anyway, um, I learned that it's, it might sound really valiant to always be vulnerable and open. And when someone asks, how are you doing? Share what you really feel. But I learned that sometimes it's important to just protect. I mean, it sounds kind of flighty, but like protect your dream. Like whenever it's yeah. so new and it's such like in its infancy, protect it. Right. And another point is kind of assess who you're talking to. Is this person, you know, just in the maybe couple seconds you've been talking to them, are they likely to be the type to, you know, validate whatever you say or you know, honor what you say? Are they going to listen? Are they going to understand? Are they going to be safe with um, maybe this uh, vulnerable information that you have? And for a lot of people, no. And that is fine. You know, not everyone needs to, well, not everyone's going to be the type to give you a validating response. And especially what I learned is about myself and I think many can relate, is that whenever I'm kind of insecure about my own position in my business or in my career, naturally I'm going to have a higher expectation in for people's response to what I say I do. I'm going to really want them to validate me. And that just, that puts too much pressure on their response. You need to be in the kind of, you need to be open to whatever response they give you more or less. So in those moments, I would just kind of assess, all right, do I give these people the real answer or kind of my go-to 
like just basic answer. For some people, since I do teach ballet on the side, I would just tell them, like, it's, I teach ballet. That's it. And it's fine. And we just kind of move on, you know? So I had my real answer, like my real career is mindset coaching, but are they going to get that? Is it really worth it for them to understand? Is it worth it for me to explain? No. So I'm just going to say I teach ballet and there's nothing wrong with that. So just, um, I think it's important to just honor yourself sometimes and, uh, just be a little bit, I guess, protective of yourself whenever you, you feel a little insecure or shaky. Yeah. Because like Kirsten was saying, when you're going out on a limb, if you're anything like us, maybe that's when you're really wishing that someone would validate and comfort you because you're in an uncomfortable season. It's just unfortunate that the fact of the matter is most likely people will not because they won't understand. And maybe you're not in a place since it's so new to communicate it with a world full of confidence (laughs) to make them understand that. The other thing is you really don't have to have tremendous confidence and an amazing pitch of what you do to people who are not going to engage with your business. You can have a like pass the salt kind of remark about what you do. Like if someone said they work at Walmart or something, they wouldn't be like, I work at Walmart and I'm passionate about customer service and I am tremendously fulfilled in what I do and here's my mission. No, they're probably just going to be like, that's my job, you know, because maybe that's not the focus of their life. It's just something that pays the bills, you know, and you can have that same kind of attitude when you talk about what you do. Um, I had another point. I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna. I think. I think that was good. Yeah, kind of like the pass the salt attitude. Yeah, I mean, like I'm a career coach, Um, but of course. I remember. Oh, Kirsten remembers. Here we go. Remember, but transitioning into uh, speaking to those of you who already have, um, you, you feel secure in what you do. You know, maybe you're kind of like me when I was in ballet. I really was very proud of what I was able to accomplish there. And I really didn't need anyone to validate my career choice. I was just frustrated with how actually disrespectful some people were towards me, uh, despite how proud I was of what I was doing. Um, but for those of you who you, you're also proud of what you're doing, but you aren't quite sure how to communicate it in a way that gets like a respectful response from other people, I first want to say, and this is applicable to so many different things, um, I want to say that the energy you have or attitude you have around uh, like when you're speaking about what you do or you're presenting yourself in one way, that attitude or that energy, that posture, it suggests to the other person how they should feel about what you do. So instead of just saying, I'm a mindset coach for ballet dancers, question mark, and then leaving it open to interpretation, you know, open to them 
to kind of respond however they feel, you know, they're going to pick up on that questioning energy and they might respond with, oh, uh, that sounds good. Okay. And like moving on. (laughs) But if you lead with confidence, you then suggest to them how they should feel about this thing that they probably have no idea about. You know, people don't know how to think or feel about something usually until they've had some exposure to other people who socially validate how we should all feel about this thing. So just know that whether you're pitching yourself to someone who can actually be a client or provide some opportunity to you and your business or you're at a Christmas party, if you conf- if you confidently present what you do, then it's much more likely that other people will interpret what you do in the exact same way. They're just going to be like, oh, really cool. Awesome. You know, that's definitely what I noticed when I said, I'm a professional ballet dancer. Instead of, I dance professionally, I noticed that the responses would change. Now, would I still get the really off comment from the occasional person who's like, oh, I bet you make no money. You know, like (laughs) people would literally say that to my face right after meeting me. It was absolutely atrocious. Then I would just you know, usually say something blunt or sometimes, you know, set them straight a little bit respectfully and then just move on. Talk to somebody else, you know, that goes back to having boundaries. But then some other people, because of your confidence, they'll be really curious to know more. They'll think, oh, there's really something to this. I want to get like what she's doing because it seems important just because of how I presented it. I think all those are awesome points and um, I, I think behind what you're saying is be confident in what you communicate which sounds awesome and for so many months of the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey I'd be like well yeah of course I want confidence that would help a lot of things but like how exactly do you get that and so I, I want your answer on that but also I want to just provide a spiritual Christian perspective on this as well one of the biggest prayers and just like sitting with God that helped me with this like more than anything is before I go anywhere and I know I'm gonna meet new people or I was settling into Austin and building up a community or anything or like you know a Christmas holiday and seeing family I pray and I ask Holy Spirit would you give me peace Holy Spirit, would you please speak for me? Would you please speak for me? And I just lean on that passage. I think it's in Mark or somewhere in the Gospels um, when two of the apostles were having to defend themselves in court. And of course, it was because they were being prosecuted or persecuted for spreading the gospel, which that is the context it was given in. So we need to remember that. But I do lean on the fact that our, we serve a God that is the God that said the Holy Spirit will give you the words you need in the very hour that you need it. And the first use of that, of course, like I said, is the context of sharing the gospel. Like the Holy Spirit will always give you the words that you need to say. And especially if you need to defend your testimony or anything like that. But I am trying to serve the Lord through the work that he has called me to do. And I lean on the spirit and trust him to help me communicate that. And even if it doesn't come out perfectly, or if someone's response 
is um, not encouraging or supportive like he gives me strength and rest and um a rest in my identity in Christ and I don't need affirmation from that person so that is something that helped me more than anything else when I was kind of in a tender spot of transition but back to you Kirsten I want to hear about what you have to say on like how do you cultivate that confidence that you want to communicate to other people well first knowing that your mission is not for everyone and to serve absolutely every single person you ever meet is important so contextualize who you're really serving value to in your work and the second thing is um get yourself in experiences with real people where you actually help them with your service. I know that sounds so simple and silly. Like obviously if you do that, that's what you do in order to exchange, you know, get money for, right? Um, But if you're new, maybe you haven't gotten that first client yet, the first paying one, who knows? I certainly, it took a while for me to get there. And in the meantime, I felt like a total fraud, you know, before I had paying clients, I felt like, well, I could call myself a mindset coach, but if no one's paying me to do it, am I really? And that was really hard um, to deal with and to be confident about. But when I just said, you know what, I need to just start offering my services for free to just a couple people and just get in the practice and get uh, that gratification of knowing I'm helping somebody and knowing I can do this and I love to do this. And so I did. And that was really awesome to just know unequivocally since I have these testimonies and these stories of, and these experiences of knowing that what I do serves people, that automatically boosts my confidence. So that's something that's really important if you're kind of struggling. I don't know what kind of business you might have or if you're listening and you don't have one, I'm not sure, but just either reflect on or get into new experiences of really genuinely helping people and if you need to lower the barrier to um, you know offer that service maybe do it for free or something just to get that confidence that confidence you get from offering your services for free could get you your first paying client which then just builds on the confidence so it could really start a snowball effect yeah yeah and for the many more people that listen that aren't self-employed or starting their own business or anything like that um if you still have that fear that so many of the people i have worked with can you hear constantine he is meowing so loud but we're moving on uh, but for so many of the people i've worked with or the friends i've talked to about the career transitions that they're planning on making or have already made there's this fear of like oh my gosh but like what will people think even if I am moving into a similar even like impressive job that people will realize it's like what they they still fear just the fact that they have decided to quit one job and move to another um and so first I I want you to just know that like the fear of what other people will think is so natural like almost everybody (laughs) seems to go through it but truly what I've found is in working with people first picture like what what do you really fear 
most of the time it is the ambiguous faceless crowd of naysayers that aren't real people in their life like who do you really fear having a negative opinion about your decision um and if you actually can picture two or three faces like okay first do you want to keep them in your life like honestly making I have personal experience with this like I know what happens someone says something offensive to you and then you just don't talk to them you just leave and say wow well they can't have a say in how I feel about my mission and my business because they have no flipping idea what I actually do they don't get it and they're not trying to get it so they don't deserve to have a say or stop me in what I'm doing they don't get that Save that for people who actually get it. You know, then you can accept constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Kirsten and I are firm believers in like having genuine deep community and sticking with people and like working through um, issues and building one another up and in an effort to like stay close and work to keep that relationship. But those are for the people that like are committed to one another and like they are in your close community but there's so many more people in our outer circle of course that um are in this group of like if they say something rude then you know you there's no rule saying you have to keep them in your life honestly and both of us Kirsten and I starting our own businesses and moving to Austin that was actually such an incredibly life-giving opportunity to find our real like our true people like our tribe and since then we have like I have more dear friends in deeper community than I ever have in my entire life and that is what happens when you make decisions that are aligned with who God made you to be and the work you are called to do and the place you're called to live that is just something I want you to be encouraged that you have to look forward to when you make the tough necessary decisions to lead a life in which you are led by like Jesus as Lord and he is you're doing what he's called you to do there's so much more richness and goodness on the other side when you let those other things go be it places relationships or jobs that you're just not meant to be and they're so much better for you Jesus calls us to do so many countercultural, uncomfortable things, painful things sometimes. And where you can get your validation from is your obedience and knowing that the Lord cares deeply and provides deeply for those who are obedient to him. And so you can rest in that and know that each time you're uncomfortable, You are training yourself out of getting your validation from people. And that's an amazing thing. The other point I was going to make is that this is also a great opportunity for you to um, get... Sorry, Kelsey was messing with the phone. I got distracted. (laughs) Wait, I need to check our directions. Okay. You can keep on talking, though. Okay, good. So, can I? Yeah. I'm all distracted now. Oh yeah, because you take a left up here. Yeah, we're good. I think. Okay, it was- <laughs> okay, okay. We're good. We're gonna get home. We're gonna yeah, get- we're gonna we're gonna get home. Okay, okay. Listen, can I collect myself? Yes, I can. So we're back. Oh yes, here we are. So I was going to say that this is also a great opportunity for you to change what 
not only where your confidence comes from, but what you're proud of yourself for. If you can no longer be truly proud of the status in your job, you know, first, maybe that's a great thing. Maybe that's not where our our pride should come from. Or maybe we should have no pride. I'd say that option. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe just like no pride. (laughs) Yeah. But also in the moments where you need a little pump up, recognize that maybe you're kind of mourning the loss of that status or that feeling like people understand and have respect for what you do. But what you can be proud of is the fact that you did something hard. You made a scary decision. That you are brave enough to make a leap without any guarantees of immediate success. That is something not a lot of people are willing to do. And so also, I think it's a very healthy thing to be proud of your character that you're actively trying to build up. I always recommend be a person of good character. Be proud of that. Grow in that. Focus on that because that is what you can be and focus on and do daily. You cannot be an ultimate success daily. You cannot win everyone's affection or admiration daily, but you can deal with a really, um, you know, not great day and a month where you make zero dollars with a, you can deal with that with a lot of good character and integrity and you could be proud of that. So I'd say switch where you get that sense of confidence from. Yeah, exactly. Well, man, that was, that was fire. <laughs> it was fire? It was fire. It was fire, y'all. <laughs> y'all. Um, I don't know why we just like automatically slip into German accents. Oh, no. It's ever since we saw Jojo Rabbit, which is an incredible movie. Very sad, though. And uh, Rebel Wilson's character is like, I had 18 children for Germany. <laughs> I just want to speak in a German accent all the time. <laughs> because it's of that incredible. movie. Yeah. Yikes. Well, wow. That digressed real fast. fast. Real fast. But I think moral of the story in wrap-up, I'm feeling like one point is that it is tough. Like we are acknowledging that when you make a decision to understand who God made you to be, what your core values are, like what do you want from life? What do you think would be a good use of your life that you would be proud that you did? Um, That often necessitates some kind of change a change in job, location, who you're with, all these things, like so many decisions along with that. And making those decisions are hard and they're scary. And one of the biggest fears that come up is what will people think? Will my friends stick around? Will they support me? Will my parents still be proud of me? All these things, all these fears come up and they certainly did for Kirsten and I, but well, I could speak for myself. I feel like Kirsten is kind of like a, a rock of confidence. But anyway. Uh, not always. <laughs> yeah, just take the compliment anyway. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like those fears, they come up. But the moral of the story is that there is so much reward on the other side of making those decisions to 
go where you are called to discern that calling and then do something about it. Um, and so, yeah, you will find your people not just because like, honestly, you're probably going to have to let go of a lot of friendships or they'll just fade because you realize, wow, I think we were only friends because honestly, we went to college together. And I think we were only friends because we went to church together or we worked together or something. But friend, I want you to just hear this encouraging message that there's so much hope and excitement to be had for all the richness that comes into your life when you're not just with people and in places by happenstance you're alongside people that are so into what you're into as well and it creates so much deeper of a bond um and so much more fun where you're at in so many areas so anyway so much goodness to be had there but in the meantime i hope that you took away some really practical tips for how you can communicate yourself and keep emotional boundaries um, where necessary um, around people that might not get it when you're in the transition season, maybe before you even start to feel confident about it. Um, But anyway, any wrap up words from you, Kirsten? Live on purpose. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're not allowed to be back on this show if you say something like that. Uh, anyway, nah. okay. have fun at your Christmas parties. If if Gma doesn't understand, tell her you love her anyway. Say, you know, also, oh man, I forgot to give this tip. Real quick, real quick, guys. Oh, okay, yeah. You can learn how to communicate what you do or what's going on in your life using language that connects with the person you're talking to you know just use a different vocabulary for what you do that probably connects better with what the other person understands or just talk about different aspects of what you do that connects with the other person more easily that will be much better so essentially speak other people's language have grace for those who don't understand have grace for yourself while you figure things out and ultimately use this as an opportunity to maybe change the way you lead conversations and talk about more than just career that's a good thing too yeah that's a good thing too can you give an example just real quick of what you mean by speaking their language like whoever you're talking to because I know one really cool example is I remember how you used to describe what you do in the beginning versus what you describe to people now who probably have no idea about ballet or coaching or anything Oh, wait, how did I do it in the beginning? Like, what? Oh, I think that you probably just said something like, I'm a mindset coach for ballet dancers, and they're like, great, what is that? Or like, you, I don't think you ever said life coach. No. But anyway, but now I I hear you connected as like, I don't know, almost like sports psychology or, you know, like mental health care. Yeah, I'll say, so most people know therapy. So I'll say, so it's similar to therapy. You can think of it like that. It's just specific to the challenges that ballet dancers face because many therapists do not, or dancers don't feel understood by therapists because their lifestyle is alternative and their challenges are extremely difficult and often unique. So I provide a service for ballet dancers where they know I understand what they're going through and I can ask specific questions that help them um, on their own journey of healing and self-discovery. Holy cow, what a professional. That was incredible. Yeah, and I hear you 
describe your business to that to people like that now and it is like 100% apprehension and support rate like people are excited apprehension? wait what <laughs> what the flip did I just say wait I'm 100% comprehension comprehension <laughs> what 100%, 100% hesitation doubt and disdain and disgust oh wow okay that's not what I meant let's get the vocab right what I meant was comprehension like they get it and they vibe with yeah, it yeah 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 and yeah or i will also give little bites for them like a little i'll make little points that i know they can then latch onto and ask another question yeah. about so for instance i'll say blah 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 it's like therapy they know therapy i relate to them on that or then i'll say because you know i'm sure you've heard the life of a ballet dancer is very difficult. It's an extremely hard and competitive field. They get that. So then they can say, oh, yes, I've seen this movie, blah, blah, blah. I can only imagine how hard that is. And then they'll say jokingly, like, oh, I can't even touch my toes. And then we end up laughing, you know. So I give them little things to latch on to where then they can ask a follow-up question instead of just leaving them high and dry, like, I do mindset coaching for ballet dancers. Neat. That's Neat. it. Neat. They're like, what the heck? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's it. Such a good point. Um, yeah. Did I mention that you are a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and a master communicator? No, I don't think so. But I'm pretty sure by this point of the episode, it's apparent. But anyway. Anyway, I really hope that this encouraged you guys. And oh, yeah, I'm posting this tomorrow. So it's going to be Christmas Eve. We, Merry Christmas. Yes, from the baby K's, the Kemp twins. We And the kitty cats. And the kitty cats. Um, Kemp cats. Anyway, we really, really hope that you have such a wonderful, encouraging, just enriching time with family. And uh, yeah, looking ahead to... No, I was about to say like... I don't know. I hope you have exciting things to look ahead to in January. But, like, don't look ahead. Just, like, be present. Now I'm not even allowed on my own show because I I just said something really stupid. Just be be here. Just be present. Hey, like, eat, pray, love, live, laugh, love, even. Um, Anyway, I'm... Make some sugar cookies. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Whoa, I know it gets a little bit crazy when we get together, but so fun. And I really hope that you were encouraged by what Kirsten had to say today and that you just got a lot of value out of this episode. If you are curious about what Kirsten's up to, what she's doing with that business that she mentioned, so cool, I can assure you. I am so proud of what she's doing. Um, you could go check her out on Instagram at Twin Talks Ballet. And also you could check out her website, KirstenKemp.com. But as for now, while you're on this podcast, if you got a lot out of this episode or just enjoyed your time listening to it, I would be so, so grateful if you just took one second to tap on the stars um, to leave a rating. And even better, it would be so incredible if you just shared a few words about what this podcast has meant to you and what you enjoy it enjoyed about it, gosh, um, uh, if you would be willing to leave a review. That would mean the world to me, and I'd love to personally thank you if you leave your Instagram handle, and I will give you a shout out. 
Anyway, wow, it is uh, Christmas Eve, so <laughs> I really hope that you're having a special time with family and that this episode prepped you for, I don't know, some conversations that I hope that you are more confident and prepared to have as you stand strong in what you're called to do and the decisions that that would make you uh, have and pursue. So anyway, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all. I hope you have a great week.